What is up, my friends? It's Matt Prince here. This is the Matt Prince Podcast. Today, the podcast is brought to you by strengthcoachsecrets.com, which I am very, very excited to be relaunching a website, a blog, um, video blogs, all of those sorts of things, so I can give you guys as much content and information and help and guidance as you need. So that's the best place to check that out, so strengthcoachsecrets.com. Now, today's podcast topic, what we're going to be going right into is speed work for the bench press. Right now, a lot of you guys who train at Royal would know that I do benching twice a week and I recommend a lot of people do benching twice a week um, as a predominant um, way to program and there's certain ways to do that. So what we're going to be going into today is we're going to delve into, is it necessary for you to get faster in your movements or bigger in your muscles? What accessories are going to help you? What what weaknesses are going to help? Like, what, what are the accessories that are going to help certain weak points, weak areas? You know, are you weak off your chest? You're weak at lockout. You know, what is it that you need to work? So, there's going to be a bunch of stuff around there. But what I wanted to do first and foremost, guys, is first get into a question, uh, a Q and A from a question that I've had on Instagram. Um, I'm just getting it up right now because I didn't write it down on my notepad and completely forgot what it was. Um, Give me a sec. So, well, the question is, we have, all right, so how do you get out of feeling unmotivated? How do you push yourself to move forwards? All right, so that's a two-part question. How do you get out of feeling unmotivated and how do you push yourself to move forwards? So, personally, the idea of being unmotivated um, it can happen. It happens to me and it happens in, in different areas. Let's assume that this person, this girl was talking about the body aspect. Um, she was unmotivated in her body for, um, I suppose, a reason to go to the gym or a reason to eat well. Um, she didn't really say if it was training or nutrition that she was struggling with or unmotivated with. The way to build any target, guys, whether it's in your body, in your mind, in your relationships, in your business, in your fun, you need to have an actual reason why, like know why you're doing it. That's the first part. It's a deep question. It's not easy. You can't just go, oh, yeah, cool, this is exactly why. There's, there's, there's deeper reasons to it. Now, I know for myself, I get a lot of power out of training, right? I know mentally it's good for me. I know physically, yeah, it's definitely good for me, but I care about that probably a little less than, than what it does for my mind and how it positions my, my mind for the way I show up as a husband, as a father, as you know, a business owner and all of that stuff. Like, I think the effects that tr me in a hard training, I suppose, program, it, it goes way, way beyond the body, right? It actually probably, if anything, just ties my body out more and more. And I get so hooked and I push it a little bit too far and then have to, to pull it all back in. But I reckon mentally, it's probably got the biggest shift for me. So I know this. So I'm never unmotivated in my body. Like, I'll wake up and even if I feel like shit, I'm like, look, I know I'm going to feel better if I train. It's, um, it's currently the new year. Um, I had a week off over the Christmas break in between you know, max out sessions and, um, and, and getting back into it just after Christmas. And I crashed hard and I felt terrible. And I forced myself to do nothing but walk in that time. So no, no lifting, no push-ups, nothing like that. And, uh, and I felt better for it now. I feel better for it now. I feel recovered. But at the time, I felt rough. All of my lymph nodes started to swell up. I felt really, really rough. So I just know how much physical health matters and that's what keeps me pushing forward personally but you need to work out your why and if, you, if you've got weight to lose right if you're somebody who needs to lose weight know your why don't just go i need to lose weight because it's good for me i need to lose five kilos because it's it's healthy for me 
understand that like the confidence that you're losing from carrying that extra weight is affecting your, your sex life. It's affecting your financial life. It's affecting you, you know, um, you just your mind in general and everything across the board. Right. As I see, uh, one of my neighbors just put on a camelback. It's 33 degrees outside and, and the neighbor across the road, he's got shorts, a t-shirt and a hat and a camelback on. And he just comes streaming ahead of his driveway going for a run. I love that shit. Um, so understand like if you've got weight to lose, you, 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 there's a deeper reason why you want to lose it. Right. That's your reason. Not the weight, the weight fucking it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. It's a number on the scale. It's not even tangible, like tangible. So you need to understand, Hey, look, this is the real reason why I want to train. This is the real reason why I want to do this target, whatever it is. If it's in your business, know the real reason why you want that financial success. Know the real reason why you want that relationship to go well. Like understand all of these things and utilize those deeper meanings for to fuel your growth, basically. All right. So I hope that answers that question a little bit. The best way to progress forward is to progress forward. And I know that's too simple. But showing up, I can guarantee you will feel 100% better than sitting at home eating barbecue shapes as, a, as an alternative. So hope that helps. hope you can get your motivation back. I hope you can find your mojo, get stuck into it, and let's kick 2020's ass. All right, let's get into the podcast. So bench press work, right? There's two parts to our programming. Um, and this goes similar to upper and lower, but lower is a little bit different, obviously with the accessories and all that sort of stuff and the volume even. It's a little bit different. So I'm going to cover just upper body work to, uh, today. So we'll go deep diving into it. And what I think is the idea behind training the upper body, a lot of people screw it up terribly. I believe that a lot of people max out too often. And I believe that a lot of people don't go hard enough on accessories. And I believe that a lot of people don't strategically think about the pieces of the puzzle that are missing, right? Now, I've been doing a lot of jigsaws lately, heaps of jigsaws. So we're into, since the Christmas break, because I'm still on technically on holidays right now. Um, since the Christmas break, I've done, I think, four jigsaws with Tal. Uh, and some big ones, some really big ones. We've had like 1,500 and three 1,000 ones. And they've been tough. And the, the thing with jigsaws, if you haven't done a jigsaw lately, like if you put the wrong piece in the hole, like just on the on the one we're doing at the moment, it's a big, like it's a big picture of um, uh, Central Park in New York. And on the top, there was a skyline, right? And this skyline, it was all like light blues and light whites. And you could really, it was really hard to tell what goes where. And in a section, I'm, I'm blaming it and tell, but I think it was me. And uh, I, I mixed up a few of the pieces. So they look like they fitted in. And I've, I'm renowned for just squishing, you know, squishing this, the jigsaw in and then thinking it's the spot and just sort of forcing a spot, creating a spot. Uh, and then you have to go back and fix it. The same sort of thing happens with your training, right? If you put the wrong pieces in the wrong spot, you're really going to miss out when it comes to actually gaining that end result. Okay, so by the time we had to finish off that skyline, pieces just weren't fitting in. So we had to pull out the whole top again. Tell actually, went through all this, I'm not going to pretend I'm the mastermind behind this, but she pulled out the top and started piecing all the bits back in and built it upwards again and then was able to work out where the top fitted, right? In your training, it's the exact same thing. And what I mean by that, if you know sort of what your max is, let's say you've done a one rep max in the bench press and I, I, I prefer ones over threes and fives because I think you can see a better, a better example of where breaks down. So for example, in a, in a bench press, a lot of people will struggle off the chest, 
right? There's two sort of trains of thoughts here. They, they control it down, assuming all the technique's really, really good. But let's say your technique is really, really good. You control it down nicely, you get to your chest, you go to explode up, and you can't make it past like the halfway point of the bench. Okay, if you've got that issue, what, what's going on is you're weak off the chest, right? If you can get it above that point and your arms are, let's say, beyond like a 90 degree bend in your elbows, you really can't block out, I would say that your triceps are weak and you have a lockout issue, right? And that's the two, generally the two areas of the bench that, that I see um, athletes in Royal screwing up. Now, when athletes start with Royal, if they've trained previously and they haven't been taught how to bench press properly, there can be a lot of other things going on. So you might see the elbows flared out really, really wide, like the gym bro type bench press, where it's like, uh, 90 degrees between the, uh, the body and the arms and 90 degrees between the the, the, uh, the the wrists and the elbows. So you've got this weird um, weird pressing motion where the lats aren't used at all. The upper back's not used at all. It's all like, there's a it's all sort of front delt, pec, and all of the shit in that joint that's probably not the strongest moving muscles that you have. Right, so there's some some people like that that you have to go back and refix everything. And I've done that with some guys. I got a guy who can bench. He was benching 150 when he was training. He wasn't locking out reps, like because he was training like a bodybuilder, so he wasn't locking out reps. He wasn't um, really. I, I, I don't think. I don't believe that he was going all the way down to his chest. I think he was doing like a photo press where he was coming just off, but he was coming up and down and doing like half reps. But his his best bench was 150. Now, as we fixed everything up. His posture improved dramatically. His elbows improved dramatically in health. His shoulders improved dramatically in health. Everything about his body moves a lot better, but his strength went down a little bit. And the reason for that, he went down to, I think it was 140 he's, he's been able to hit with the proper technique. He's been able to now touch his chest, so he's got a further range um, on the bench, on the lift, and he also has to lock it out properly. So he's also getting that lockout on his triceps. So his actual performance in his sports are much, much better. His body is lifting a little bit more, a little bit less, but he's doing it with better quality form. And the reason this is important is because if he kept going the other way, he was plateaued there anyway, but now he's able to rebuild it. He's going to surpass that 150 as he, as he keeps building because he'll have the proper muscles to support the extra load. So I hope that makes a little bit of sense. Now, when we look at this, like I was talking about having your form, fix your form first. If you don't know your form, come and train with us at Royal or get a good coach if you're somewhere else. Um, or send it, even send a video to me. Just send me a video on Instagram. I can critique it a little bit and help you out with that. That's fine. But generally, there's, there's two pieces. You've got your weaknesses off the chest and your weakness off uh, through the lockout, right? So as we think about this, let's delve in and, and break it apart. Two, two days of benching. One's a max effort day, which I'll go into at another time, but essentially you're gonna build up and hit a variation that's gonna help address whether it's your lockout or your off your chest weakness. And you're gonna go heavy with that. It might be a one to three to five. And the goal is just the goal is to absolutely strain. The goal is to grind. The goal is to get stronger in your nervous system, in your central nervous system, make sure that your body's just recruiting as many muscles as possible, getting everything firing and knowing where whereabouts your limit is with that specific lift. And I'd recommend not always doing that with a straight bar um, as your normal bench. I would recommend adjusting the bars, adjusting the weight, adjusting the grips, adjusting whether it's got bands or chains. Um, you know, it might have certain things like you might even just increase it on an incline a little bit go from on the floor or go overhead there's so many variations and again i'll go into that on another post but that is day one and after that you're doing the accessory work 
day two, which is what I'm here to talk with you guys about today, is what we do on Saturdays at Royal. Um, so for you guys and girls who train with me on a Saturday morning in my bench session, this is the session, right? And for you guys that don't, but you want to do something similar and see your bench press you know, skyrocket up, this is what you should do. Now, it's taking another step back. So we know the weaknesses in our athletes. We know the weaknesses in ourselves. I'm weak off the chest. Personally, I'm weak off the chest. My triceps have always been strong. If I get it above halfway, it's going out. It's locking out. You know, it just is. Um, recently, I've seen my off the chest become a little bit quicker through focusing on it. So it's becoming better. And if I keep progressing with it, I'm hoping what will happen is that I'll have to improve my lockout strength. So I'm hoping that it's, it transitions over and I actually progress past my weakness and then a new weakness comes. That's good, right? That's, that's what we want. Because you're never going to be, like there's always going to be a weight too heavy. So it's, you know, the changes are always going to be there. But what we need to look at is there's two components to it. Once you know your weaknesses, the next step is do I need to get faster and recruit more muscles? Like do I need a faster rate of force development so I can explode the weight up faster and know that as I get faster, it's going to help me put more force and effort into the heavier weights. Because um, there's, there's a saying that a guy called Dr. Fred Hatfield, he was Dr. Spot, they called him. He had a saying that you can never lift a heavy weight slow. And what he means by that is you have to push that thing as fucking fast as possible or otherwise it just won't keep moving, right? And that's 100% true and I believe that with all my heart because if you've ever, if you've ever maxed out, if you try to lift a heavy weight slow, it's not moving. But you put everything you've got into it. It might look slow, it might look like a grind, but you're putting 100% force and effort into that. So improving your rate of force development, speed and recruiting more muscles quicker can be a, a, a really, really good way to improve your maximum effort strength. Okay, so that's one thing. Do you need to get faster, right? For somebody like me, that's what I'm working on a lot. I'm getting faster. It helps me with my jujitsu. It helps me with my striking. It helps me with my basically not gain too much extra weight. Like I've got to lose about five kilos to make weight for my, to be in the, in the super heavies for the, for jujitsu, for my competitions, um, rather than being in ultra heavies and being in the fat boy comp where I'm over 98. So right now I'm sitting at about 103 kilos and I need to sort of keep that weight about that. So then as I cut down, it's not going too crazy but if i added the next section which is get bigger right i would put on more weight and it'd be harder to lose right and it's actually muscle that's not going to serve my jiu-jitsu skills okay there's a there's a, a point where it becomes too much all right in anybody okay so you need to understand do you need to become faster or do you need to get bigger for you guys that are not training for sport and the goals get bigger getting bigger might be the best option right but again I'll go into this a little bit later on. You still need to cycle. You still need to make sure you're getting faster. Otherwise, you're plateauing both, right? So you just have to understand that. So let's say we're trying to get faster. I'll take you down that route first. If you're trying to get faster, you're going to have to hit a fair bit of volume and it's going to have to be quality volume. And the focus would be to move that thing as quickly as you possibly can. All right. And the, the rep ranges for this, like what you're going to do, you're going to do your warm up. You're going to do some throws or some snatches or something explosive to warm up because that's always good for you. But when you're coming into the bench press in particular, you're going to pick a lift that you want to lift. For me lately, it's been a straight bar with mini bands over the top. So the mini bands will give me about 30% um, resistance at the top and they're probably about 10 to 15% at the bottom. All right, they're still pulling down at the bottom. They're pulling down really rapidly fast. It's an overspeed eccentrics on bands, which makes that 
the, the down portion harder. And I'm, I'm using those bands deliberately because it's creating a, a tighter, like more tension in my body temporarily. It's very, very good for me right now, right? Some people I'll have on chains. Um, if, if you haven't done a lot of the speed work, I'd recommend chains to start with them because there's no overspeed eccentric on the way down. It's just, you come down and it gets lighter at the bottom and then you press out into it and you gotta push really fucking fast to lock out that heavy, heavy weight plus the chains, okay? So with the speed day, I'm doing 10 sets of three reps and I'm doing them roughly every minute and what it is, the weight on the bar, it's going to be dependent on, again, your, your level of trainability with this, like what, what you've done in the past for the speed work stuff. Um, I am personally going through a cycle right now, which is 50%, 55%, 60% of my one rep maximum straight bar plus those mini bands, okay, which makes it at the top around 80 to 85%. All right? Depending on the day, like I reckon once it hits that, once it hits that 60% weight, it's probably going to be about 87 to 90% at the top, which is going to be really fucking hard. It's going to be a lot of, a lot of hard work. So the, the weight's not going to move crazy fast, but it's still going to move faster than if I was to sit back and, and just build up to a heavy three, right? So that makes a bit of sense. Now, for a lot of people that are starting off, I recommend going on the lighter, lighter section. So you might go for 40%, 45%, 50%. And the reason for that, if you don't, if you haven't created explosive power, sometimes those heavy at the 50, 55, 60 is too heavy to train your body to do that, right? But if you are used to it, you've built to it, great, keep doing it, right? So I'm going to hit 50, 55, 60, and I'm going to cycle back 50, 55, 60. Once that six weeks is done, what I'm going to do is I'm going to hit a volume, <coughs> a volume set, excuse me, volume set which will put me into that bigger category and i'll probably only do that for a month but generally i'd recommend people to do two cycles which would be six weeks so the speed work if you can imagine you, you know you're laying on the bench you unrack the bench you've got bands on there you got your 50 percent on there the weight is going to explode down. You're going to come down as fast as possible, come up as fast as possible. It's going to be like, bang, bang, bang. That's the idea. You want to try and get a rep every sort of like, around every second if you can. So it should only take, you know, maybe three to maybe four seconds max on the bench, right? It's not going to be slow. It's not going to be a grind. And if it is a grind, it's too heavy or you're doing too many reps, right? You might be a little bit out of your league there. So you might need to just drop that back a little bit. But what we do when we're doing the speed work, the reason it's important if you do it right, what will happen in your body is you'll train that body to produce more force at a really rapid, rapid point. So when we go back to the max effort, you know, in the next session, what's going to happen when it comes down to that chest, you're going to explode way faster. And if you are like me, weak off the chest and I'm getting faster off the chest, what's going to happen is I'm going to be able to pump the weight up to above parallel and lock it out easy because I'm going to lock out so good, but I'm going to find I can get it up there quicker, which makes me lift more weight in the long term. Okay. It's another way to build the volume in without um, creating a wear out your joints effect. It's just quality work, right? Those percentages aren't crazy heavy, especially if you're not doing it with accommodating resistance, aka bands and chains. Um, it's not crazy heavy and it's very doable. I always like the bands and chains on top because it makes me push through the whole part of the lift like it, it, at the, if you don't have any accommodating resistance as you press out and get above halfway and it'll be easy for you especially if your triceps are strong so for me like i find pushing into the bands i actually get faster as i get towards the top as it gets heavier so it's training me 
the whole way through the lift. Okay, so in that faster section, that's how I would approach that. And they're the reps that I do 10 by three. 50%, 55%, 60%, and I'll cycle it back to 50%, repeat, okay? If you are somebody who knows your weak areas like you should, it might be a matter of like changing up bars. Last year when I was doing the um, doing the work to improve my weak points, I was going ultra wide on the bench on the speed work. I was doing uh, a bent bar on the speed work. I was doing um, the cambered bar. So we have a bar that, that comes up in the middle, so it basically goes around the chest creates like a, a five inch camber basically it makes it so it goes your hands are below your shoulders right it's really really deep stretch so all of those things were building my pecs up now it worked for me it really did now I'm, I'm hitting pbs it's all going good now on the opposite side guys what we have is your other other school of thought is if i get bigger i can lift more weights and this is true for most of the time usually there's a cross uh, cross cross sectional area of a muscle the bigger it is, the more force it can produce. Generally, um, there is exceptions, but generally that's how it works. The best volume sets for the bench press that I have found, I actually learned from Mark Smelly Bell. So if you have, if you've ever heard the guy who's on Instagram and he's like, this is Mark Bell from supertraining.tv, uh, the strongest gym in the West, right? He, he's the guy uh, who, who I learned this off and I, I found it's worked very, very well for me and the athletes in the gym. And for some reason, I don't know why, but the magic reps are 24 or 25, 24 reps to 25 reps is the magic number for strength. I find that is the perfect amount of volume and it's to do with a, a chart called Perlilipin's per, per chart i just butchered that um if you look it up and type into google it will come up i'm not going to try and stutter it out again but i'm going to try but that chart it has the ideal the optimal amount of reps that you can use to train your body and it's based off olympic weightlifting i i believe and it's got the optimum optimum reps the optimum percentages all of that stuff i really think it's very very accurate um especially with the people that i train who we aren't elite powerlifters we aren't um you know crazy strength athletes with you know a massive amounts of steroids pumped into us where above average people doing above average things right and i think it's really key to, to to know the difference like you'll see some things online where you'll be like oh yeah no you know this guy's doing three days a week of of deadlifts or you're doing a small of squat program where you're squatting like five days a week going absolutely nuts you have to understand who you are and what it is you're trying to do right and understand what is smart and what is dangerous and then uh and understand where those people are coming from. Like you got programs from Russia that you can definitely do the high volume programs. Like, yeah, they'll probably work if you can recover from them. But the Russians are also renowned for taking a fuck ton of drugs, which enhances recovery. And they're also known, well, it's just a fact, like the countries like Russia and China and all these sorts of places, Bulgaria, they, they don't care about their, their athletes, especially the ones that like, that strength coaches are talking about. They're talking about uh, Olympic-based athletes, which are, again, top tier, like they're not going to work during the day, uh, moving around wood and stuff at work and doing all that sort of shit. They're, that's, they're born bred athletes. Like they're the perfect height, perfect length, perfect core, you know, diameter, like everything is perfect for them. They are built to do that sport. 
So of course they're going to be able to recover better and handle more than us. Like it just makes sense. Now, if you try and apply that stuff to you and, or if, if you even worse, if you have a strength coach or somebody tell you that, Hey, this is a really good program to get your, your, your whatever up, your bench press up, squat up, whatever. Like just understand that if you do something like that, there is a very, very, very high chance that it's not actually going to help. It's, most likely going to help you short term and injure you or break you down long term. All right. So just understand that. So what we want to look at for some reason, going back to it, go back to that chart that I was talking about, Perilipin's chart. There we go. We have percentages, the optimum training percentage is around 70 to 80% for most people. And I think for, for us and the type of person who listens to this podcast, I'd say 70, 80% is really, really good strength training um, slash size gaining percentage. And that's where I like to do a lot of the volume stuff that I do. So even, even though I was talking about the speed work being 50, 55, 60%, those bands in the chains boosted up to that percentage. It's in between sort of 75 to 90%, depending on, on, on the band's tension and what I'm working, all that sort of stuff. But generally the, the optimal percentage is about 80%. That's just sort of what the average is. Now, this cycle is the best volume and size and strength cycle that I've seen or used or experienced. I'm sure there's others out there, but this is what I've found works really, really well. Week one, you're going to go to 70% and you're going to do six sets of four reps. On the last set, you're going to rep out. So if you can do, let's say you're at 70%, you hit... You're, you're saying 120 kilos on the bench, right? And you do five sets of four. And then on the fifth, on the sixth set, you're going to do, you might get seven on your AMRAP set, on your rep out set, right? So you've got a four, 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 and then you've got seven, right? You know, next week, all right, I'm going to bump it up a little bit. You might go, you might go 75% and try that. And you, and the, the next week's program is five sets of five. Again, AMRAP on the fifth set. Right? If you hit five by five, great. If you don't hit five by five and you hit like five, 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 three, two, you know you're in the ballpark. You're like, all right, cool. This is probably roughly where I want to be. Week number three, you'll stay with that same weight unless you hit a, a massive AMRAP on the last one or you're very confident that you can definitely boost it up another you know, two and a half to 5%. You're going to do four sets of six reps. Okay, so what we've done, essentially in three weeks, we've taken what we can do for four reps and, and it's a challenging four reps. We're not, we're, once you understand this and you're used to it, you'll, you'll probably pick a, the right weight for it. You'll know this is about where I'm at. You'll find that you can turn your four rep max or yeah, roughly four rep max into a six rep max, which is huge. If you think about that progression long-term, that's going to be massive for you. And the volume is going to, blow you up because it's 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 sort of like a it's in between that strength and hypertrophy type work where it's if you ever see people talk about power building i believe this is probably the the sweet spot um it will make a huge impact on your body and generally what i would do for people what i recommend is either if you do it and let's say you stay at 75 percent and you get your, your five by five your four by six if you get the four by six comfortably Two things you can do. I'd repeat the cycle again, but what I would do is I'd recommend going, you go back to the six by four. And if you don't feel you need a deload week, you can either take a deload week where you just go lighter. You might drop the percentage down to 50% or whatever and just go easy. Or 
you can boost the percentage up by 5% or you can add bands or chains instead to keep the same weight but plus add a bit of accommodating resistance. Either one's fine, right? And you're gonna run that same cycle again, six by four, five by five, four by six, okay? Once that's done, you've done six weeks or eight weeks if you're throwing deloads in, you'll notice that your size and your volume work is significantly better. Now, this matters because volume work when you want to get bigger is all that matters, right? If I'm trying to get an athlete stronger and keep their weight down, I want them just to get faster and be able to move more weight for one rep. The reason is there's not enough muscle damage to gain excess muscle, right? So you can look at it from a point of view of like, when we're hitting these 25 reps-ish, there's going to be significantly significant amounts of muscle damage. Yeah, and, and that's going to have to regrow and hypertrophy occurs, whether it's sarcoplasmic or, you know, it's just the actual muscle growing. That's, that's perfect. That's what we want, right? So when we do that, let's say it's an eight-week cycle, you've done that, right? What the goal is here isn't to get our one rep max up. This is to get our size up. So I actually like to know what my five rep max is, and this is what helps my five rep max go up. I know the Melbourne Storm, I was chatting to one of Melbourne Storm's junior coaches. Um, it was over Christmas, actually. He's a friend, uh, a friend of ours and really good guy, and he was talking about how the Storm boys, they test box squats. They, they actually follow a similar method, a similar conjugate style program to what we do at Royal. Um, they follow similar lifts as well like they've got very similar beliefs to me and i really love that i've, I've actually messaged Marvin storm's strength conditioning coach he never got back to me so i'm going to try again i'm going to persist with it i'm going to get in contact with him he'll he'll uh we'll catch up one day um and but they do six rep max testing so they do six rep max box squat six rep max bench press and the reason i believe i haven't asked him because he won't catch up with me just yet the reason i believe that, that they do that is because that is the power number especially for the juniors that's going to get them bigger and it's going to get them stronger but once they are big enough and strong enough i am 100 sure that they won't test them for sixes because it's irrelevant now once you're at a certain size like say if i've got a fighter and he doesn't need to gain any more muscle he's already strong enough relatively for his his weight class what I want to be doing is increasing his max effort work for one to gain his, get his strength up and he make his nervous system, you know, be able to recruit more muscles faster and stronger and also create greater force development. I don't really want much hypertrophy. Any, any rep work is just prehab work. That's it. Okay. So just understand that. The, uh, the next part, there's another bit of a cycle to get bigger that I could recommend for the bench that I really like. It's six by six. Okay. So you, your goal is to hit the six rep max, and then know roughly what your six rep max is. And you would try and hit that for 36 reps in a session. Okay, and you're not taking 20 minutes between sets. It might be two and a half minutes between sets. You might do six really heavy. Next set, you might get six. Next set, you might get four. And then that's three sets. And then you've done, you know, you might get four again, and then you might get two, and then you might get one. And that's your six sets. Okay, I'm not saying to go back and try and get 36 and four set. You're just gonna stick with that exact same weight and then the next week, try again and see if you can improve on your reps, right? The next week, try again, see if you can improve on your reps until you get to 36. Once you hit 36, you bump it up a little bit, start again. And what you'll find in doing this, and again, I recommend changing your grips, work wider, closer, different bars, specialty bars, all that stuff. I actually really like this one, for both of these, both volume cycles. I like using the bamboo bar for this, build stability at the same time. Um, but once you've done this again, you're gonna have significant amounts of muscle, right? There will be a point 
there will be a point where the progress slows. That's where you add the speed work back in. All right, that's where they start to come inside. So that's why I personally like doing six weeks of speed, you know, whether it's three to six weeks of the, the volume-based stuff. Percentages are similar, guys. It's just the focus is a little different. And then I like to get back to the speed. I like to cycle them back and forth like that. I just find it works for me. I find it works for the guys who's been training with me um, and allows us to build pretty much exactly what we need. But you might be a skinny guy trying to get stronger. Look, I'd su suggest eating fucking two liters of Milo a day, chew that down, eat the Milo, drink the milk, do all of that sort of stuff. And just smack down the six by sixes, you know, five by fives, do that and get that volume in and just consistently do that for like a year. You'll get bigger. As long as your max effort works still there, you'll get bigger because you'll get stronger. Right now, the last point to this, guys, before I move on and, and help you guys with accessories and weak point areas and stuff like that, what I'm trying to do with this podcast too, just as a FYI, I want to be focusing on giving as much value and content as possible. And I'm going to be doing this once a week rather than give you guys a heap of little ones. I want to try and get a, a, a really solid one in and then little ones will be here and there. So that's why this one's a bit longer than normal, but I hope you're getting a lot of value out of it. I hope it's helping and I hope you apply it and get your bench press up. Now, as we look at this, so I've talked about faster. I've talked about bigger. Okay. When you get big, right, you see this in bodybuilders. They can get really, really big, but they're not actually that strong. Not all of them. Not, don't, I don't want any bodybuilders messaging me saying, you're fucking, I'm stronger than you. Like, let's have a lift off. I don't care. But what, I'm, what I've seen in the past is people who train in that 8 to 12 rep range suck in the 1 to 3 rep range. And that's generally where the max effort work is. So that's why you must be always working in that max effort range. And you must always have some sort of speed-based work in to, to, to train the muscles to move quicker, to, to train the body to use, um, utilize itself as one mechanism rather than be like, hey, my bicep moves and then my you know forearm comes up towards my shoulder. Like, That's not how your body wants to work. You want everything intertwined, interconnected. This is why kettlebell is such a big part of the Royal Program. This is why things like throws with balls, um, you know, plyometric-based stuff, jumping, clap push-ups, all that sort of stuff. That's why that's such a big component because this, this, this bridges the gap, right? It bridges the gap between big muscles and being able to move shit heavy to becoming a really dangerous human, right? The speed works where the danger becomes like even bigger and even greater. So you need to make sure that if you're getting bigger, you're still maxing out. Other days maxing out, otherwise you just flog your joints out, right? <coughs> if you just do speed work and you don't lift heavy stuff on that other day, You'll get faster, but you can't actually get stronger if you don't lift heavier weights, right? The, the maximum effort ties all this together because for, for me in particular, like I've always had this goal of benching 145. That was my, my target. I did that yesterday, right? Knowing now that I've built myself to 145, that's going to be better volume. And that I know now, like once I get my 148, I'm going to be bigger and stronger again, right? So, like, it completely makes sense. I'm just going to keep trying to get my heavy volume up. I'll try and get 155. That'll be the next benchmark. 148, 155. Like, those benchmarks, they're going to allow me to have targets along the way, but they won't actually go up unless my one rep max goes up, 
right? And the speed work won't get any faster unless I can produce more force into that barbell, which again is that one rep max going up. So you need to have this as an intertwined plan that has to be really um, well thought out. And again, like if you need help with any of this stuff, hit us up at strengthcoachsecrets.com or Royal Fitness and I can help you. But if you're guessing it, make sure you've got a heavy day where you're maxing out and you've got a lighter day where you're either doing volume or you're doing speed. Okay, moving on. I hope that makes a little bit of sense. I'm just going to have a swig of water, but I hope that does um, clear it up as a second day for your bench work and gives you something to work work on and start with. Now, the next part. You've got accessories. Accessories are the key to all of this, and I've only realized this in the last probably year. Accessories matter more than probably anything else. Like if max effort work, I would say is number one. Then the accessories I would say is number two. And the speed and the volume stuff would probably be number three. The reason for that, when you know what your weak points are, you can eliminate them by hitting them hard from different angles with different methods. Generally being the repetition method, but generally, you know, you're changing up angles, changing up, you know, weights, changing up, whether it's barbell, incline, dumbbell, kettlebell, it doesn't matter, bands, like cables, can be absolutely anything. But the accessories that I'm going to recommend to hit for the bench is train your elbows. Look at elbows as the thing you try and get stronger and bigger rather than training your triceps to look pretty. Okay, I don't care what my triceps look like. Yes, I want big, thick, horseshoe-shaped triceps, but I would rather have strong and healthy elbows. Right, so I look at it from a different point of view. Like I always used to avoid things that hurt my elbows, like straight bar skull crushes. Never done them because they hurt my elbows. Um, you know, straight bar bicep curls. Never done them because they hurt my elbows. Doing dumbbells flying where you like come in like a tape press or a Williams press, they call them, um, where they they sort of fold in on you and then you extend them out. Again, clicks my elbows, so I, I'd avoid them. What I've come to realize though is. Once I persisted with them and started just training them light, I'm not saying go crazy with any of this stuff, but I built my, my, my skull crusher with a barbell up to 70 kilos for free. Now, when I took that skull crusher from say, being pain, painful on my elbows with 20 kilo barbell, being able to do it, but it, you know, it hurt, I might've got five to 10, whatever, to being able to handle 70 for three. Like I know it sounds dumb to max out with um, skull crush, but I'm dumb. Like it's just, I get carried, I get carried away, right? It's just like, so know that my triceps got stronger. My elbows got stronger. The whole, all of the joint, all of the shit that connects all the tissues around that joint is significantly stronger because it's, they can do more work, heavier work, better work, you know, just more work. So, Look at it from a point of view of like, if you find a spot that you're no good at, let's say it is a tape press or a Williams press and you can't fold those dumbbells into your chest because it clicks or hurts, start light and build that up. Focus on getting that up to a, a reasonable standard, right? Let's say you try set extensions. Like if you're someone who's on the cable, you got 25 kilos and that's your, your max um, push down for say 10 reps, right? Know that if you get that to 40 kilos and you hit 15 reps, you're going to be significantly bigger and stronger. When I'm training with the guys on Saturdays, when I'm training with the boys who I train with on, on the Wednesdays, um, for my bench days, I make sure that I always hit accessories really, really hard. Um, and I also make sure that 
I know like I, I can bench press more than most of them, not all of them, but most of them, but a, a stronger bench than a lot of them. And the reason I believe it is, is because I can tricep extension significantly more as well. Like I can grab the 25s and do 10 reps on a, on a dumbbell, like tricep rollback type extension. And you see that, you know, one of the boys next to me with the 12 and a halves and he just sticks with that. He doesn't comfortably where I'm fully grinding to the point where I'm sore for four days in my tries. Like the, the heavier weight and the improvement on the, the, you know, the single arm accessory stuff or the, the, the single joint accessory stuff, improving that will improve your lift overall. Just understand that. So don't, don't get in the habit of curling the same weight all the time. Like my biceps grew when I stopped curling 12 and halves and I started curling 20s. You know, and now it's 25s now. Like that's when, that's when shit grows. You need to push it. You need to go hard. So accessories, you need to understand like, yeah, I'm training my elbows. I'm not training fucking easy, getting a pump sort of shit. Like I'm trying to get fucking strong. I'm going to hit this hard. I'm not doing a two rep max for it. Like I'm not doing a three rep max barbell tricep extension often, but there's times where it's like, hey, let's push it. And then hopefully next time I can get 50 for 15 reps instead right? Because I know that I can handle that 70 a bit better. So train your elbows, make sure you're hitting everything around the elbow joint, nice and hard, different angles, different methods, different tempos, and getting really stuck into it, really burning them out, making them go very, very hard. Next part is I'd recommend getting your upper back really, really strong. Rhomboids, lats, traps, rear delts, everything in that area. That will do a few things. It'll give you a bigger base to set your shoulders back into the bench. So it'll give you more support, more control on the way down. And it'll also keep your form tighter because you'll be able to contract your lats harder and keep your shoulder blades better. One, you're gonna be less, less likely to get injured because your shoulders will be healthier. And, you know, your back's bigger, takes out the pressure. But two, you'll find when you're at the bottom, you can contract your lats and sort of bounce that bar up with your upper back, which is a really, really good thing to help your bench press go up. Um, next little accessory point I had noted down was dumbbells. Dumbbells aren't made to be done for a one rep max, I don't believe. Dumbbells aren't made for specific um, rep ranges to be hit. I'm a big fan of grabbing heavy dumbbells after I lift and doing as many reps as I can and stopping one or two shy of failure, just so I'm not, for me, like I know if I like strain my, my left arm will kick out, that's the shoulder that I've done my AC joint on. So I'll always stop one or two shy of failure, especially with dumbbells, because it is a multi-joint thing, not like my triceps where I'm happy to fail, like I don't care, because um, it's just less risk of injury for me. But with the dumbbells or it's an incline dumbbell, I'm gonna hammer them. I'm just gonna hammer them. I might grab the 40s and just go for it. If I get 20 grade, if I get 25 grade, if I get 10 grade, don't care. Okay, but dumbbells, hit them from different angles, incline, flat. You know, you might you might do floor press, you might do um, standing, seated, like so you're doing dumbbell seated press. Dumbbells, hit them hard, hit them. So you're trying to get your your volume heavier so that you can handle, say, your 40s for your, your 10 reps rather than just going 25s for 10 reps. Try to get that up. But at the same time, you're not getting caught up in, in a max out and you're not getting caught up in, if you if it says 10 on the program, and you get 13, great. If you get nine, great, doesn't matter. As long as you're repping it to a point where you're getting a stimulus out of that. Okay, and the last little accessory pointer that I will throw in, this is more for people who 
haven't done it in the past. I don't do a lot of these myself now. Um, I will be back getting back into them. I can still do a lot of them, but push-ups, right? Push-ups. Push-ups are a very underrated exercise. There's a few things that it helps with the bench press and the upper body training. So when you do a push-up, your scapula moves on your ribcage. So as you push the floor away, you can just imagine you're doing that now. Your shoulder blades open up at the top. And then as you come back, your shoulder blades squeeze, your chest goes down and your shoulder blades pinch. This is very, very, very good for your upper back development and scapular health. Okay, so push-ups are something you should learn how to master. Now, when I say master, like my best that I've done, I think was 113 or something when I was repping it. And that was to like a, a box. It wasn't chest to floor. I can chest to floor probably done around 80 or so, maybe 100. I don't know. Um, I don't really test it that often. I know... Any day of the week, I can bump out 50 um, and you know, could keep going beyond that, but 50 is a comfortable number for me. If you can't say do 50 as, a, as an example, get it, get better at them. Chest to floor, pump them out, all right? Hands in tight to your body, nice and close, everything in, in strong, using your triceps properly, using your shoulders and your scapula properly and moving it strong. Things like handstand push-ups. <laughs> handstand push-ups are one of the most underutilized exercises because a lot of people can't do them you can start with a pike and then progress it up put your feet up on a bench put your feet in trx whatever but i i, I think handstand push-ups are one of the best things to build out your shoulders and make them like bolder shoulders and also to, to to just improve your body awareness and strength right i think the the handstand push-up does a lot that people don't realize and it's something that um, I find is easier on the shoulders than a barbell press, but harder on the, uh, sorry, easier on the shoulders than a barbell press, harder on the nervous system in terms of like, it's it's going to give you a better effect than doing shoulder press. I think the, the barbell shoulder press will burn out your nervous system faster, but the handstand push-ups will train it to get stronger faster. And when you start getting better at handstand push-ups, you'll see your overhead press get better and again, help your, your bench go up. Now, that's a bit on the accessories, guys. I won't keep delving into that, but make sure you're hitting your elbows, hitting your upper back, you're doing high rep dumbbells, and you're doing a heap of push-ups in different angles, different methods, different um, tempos, different grips. Mix it up, get good at all push-ups and understand that the reason for it is your scapula needs to move well or your shoulder will just seize up and click and it will feel like crap, right? We don't want that. So the last points here, guys, we're gonna go into two parts. Weaknesses, so you're either weak off your chest or you're weak at lockout or your form's shit. I'm gonna scrap out the form right now because I don't wanna talk about that on this podcast right now. If you need help with your form, come in and see me, hit me up on the Instagrams and I'll help you. But if you're weak off your chest, a few things you can do. Wide grip bench, incline bench, make sure you're going down and touching your chest fully. Paused benches, and again, I would suggest doing wide paused benches. Overhead work to improve your shoulders and triceps, but I wouldn't make that as your number one focus. I would say use that still as a supplemental exercise or as an accessory, heavy accessory exercise. Upper back. All right, so the, when people are weak off the chest, sometimes it's because they can't keep their lats and upper back tight at the bottom. So if you're weak in that area and you're finding you're loosening off at the bottom, doing things like you know barbell rows, um, T-bar rows, that sort of stuff can really help your upper back get stronger. Um, even, even doing, well, I've done it, so I've set up bands off the top of a rack and row the bar down while I was laying on the 
bench. It's like a reverse bench press. That was a really, really good one to activate my upper back to learn how to use it properly. It really helped me because it, it teaches you the exact motion that you need to use for the bench, but it also builds the, the pulling muscles. So they're the weaknesses that will help off the chest, improve your wide grip bench, incline bench, your pause bench, overhead work like strict presses and, um, and upper back. With all of them, they can be done with dumbbells, they can be done with barbells, bamboo bar, rhino bar, any specialty bar, any push-ups. It's, it's just the area and the, the angles that you want to hit them on, and that should help take your, 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 your off-the-chest work up. Now, if you're the opposite to me and your lockout is what stinks and you want to get your lockout better, triceps are a key, right? So triceps... You want to learn how to hit them heavy. Triceps are made to, to be hit heavy. I can't personally dip. Um, I wish I could because I think they're fantastic for your triceps. I used to be good at dips. Um, my AC joint doesn't allow that anymore, which is an injury from you know mix of strongman, tearing rotator cuffs, mix of martial arts, punching, and just doing stupid shit. But my, my AC joint, I'm pretty much never allowed to dip again, and I'm never allowed to front squat again. Uh, they both hurt me too much and aggravate me the next day, so I'm just not going to do them. But with the tries, what you can do is you can do you know, barbell skull crushes, easy bar skull crushes. You can do them quite heavy. If you can dip, you can dip heavy. They're good. You can do close grip bench, um, close grip bench press, close grip push ups. You can do um, again. You can do overhead work. Overhead work's very good for your tries. You can do uh, dumbbell like rollbacks, kickbacks. Those sorts of things will help bring your tries up in size. It's going to help grow those triceps. Uh, close grip bench is going to be good. So when, when I say close grip, I'm not talking hands touching, although you can do that. Right? I'm talking closer than what you normally would do. Get better and stronger at that. So like you'll notice that as you get better closer, because the bar has to move a further range, it actually help you with the off the chest as well. Like it's it's that's you know, it's just something to keep in the back of your head. Um, working floor press. Floor press is an amazing, amazing lift. Make sure your shoulders stay pinned back. Make sure you rest on the on the ground and you actually relax your tries a little bit and then press out. Not using your hips, just using... Uh, well, you can use your hips as well, but if you want a bit more, uh, make a little bit harder on the tries, just lay out flat and grind with your triceps. Rack lockouts, like pin presses, fantastic. Right, Set them up at, a, at, the, at the height that you find you struggle at and then press from that. And you have to be static. You can't come down and bounce it off the rack. It has to stop and then press, right? You want to let that, that stretch reflex stop, right? You want to break up the eccentric and concentric chain, meaning as you go down, that's eccentric. You want it to stop completely so you don't get any rebound effect from your muscles. And then you concentrically lift it back up, which is the concentric part. So that will help you lock out more weight, all of those things. Doing them in a way that is heavy enough to gain a stimulus, but not heavy enough to make it a max out, that's probably where the sweet spot will be. Similar to your, your 25 perfect reps that I was talking about before, probably a similar sort of thing. You want to you be hitting sets of anywhere between 6 and 12. Um, when you start going into the sets of 20 to 25, that's more prehab, I believe. So I'd, I'd recommend doing that for your tries, but it's going to build what's called sarcoplasmic hypertrophy rather than just straight up like making the muscle denser. It's just going to sort of pump it up temporarily and it, it may stay for a while, but this is why when bodybuilders go on holidays, they look, you know, so I've, heard, I've heard of some of them lose like five or six kilos 
in just wait in a week, week and a half. Um, and that's basically just the fluid not sitting in the muscle, which is what sarcoplasmic hypertrophy is um, in simple terms. It's just pumped up muscle, right? So if you're doing the you know sets of 50 on the bands, I do that, but I do that more for elbow health rather than for tricep strength. Okay, so I hope that makes sense. Now, I've covered a, a lot today. I like... We're, I've spoken to you guys for a, a fair while now. I hope you've got some really, really good value out of that. I just want to give you guys a little bit of a recap and then I'll leave you alone. So first things first is work out what your weaknesses are. You're weak off your chest, you're weak, you're locked out. Second thing, do you need to get faster or do you need to get bigger? Third thing, accessories. Train your elbows, upper back, use dumbbells to submaximal failure and do a heap of push-ups in different varieties. All right, get to the point where you can do 50 comfortably. Get to the point where you can do 20 handstand push-ups. Like, learn how to do these things. Move your body in space because that's going to help. It's going to help dramatically. Now, piecing all of this together in a plan is a little bit more difficult, but if you just follow what I've sort of said, you're going to hit your warm-up, you're going to hit your accessories, whatever you need to do in your warm-up. So I look at like rotator cuffs, lats, triceps. I do that in my warm-up. I'll do something explosive and then I'll hit the faster or the bigger program. So whether it's 10 by three or six by four, whatever. Like I'm hitting that after I've done some prehab, after I've done some ball throws or something like that. After that, you're going to pick a heavy accessory heavy supplemental lift so that might be an overhead press with a barbell standing or it might be handstand push-ups if you guys that want to get better at them it might be heavy dips it might be you know heavy dumbbell press whatever it is you're going to hit that and then it's going to be all pump work after that focused on the areas you need to build so that's how we plan it that's how we, we run it at royal and i know i've gone into a lot but I'll, i really want to help you guys out i wanted to start the first podcast of the year off with a bang um and give you guys heaps of volume i am going to be doing something like this every week where it's a longer form podcast and then the shorter ones will be will be set in between so i hope uh all of that makes sense i hope you can get some strength out of it if you do have any questions please feel free to hit me up best place is probably instagram right now um or messenger you can you can get in touch with me uh but yeah guys make sure you're training hard you're training smart you're not avoiding the things you suck at because that's where the strength is always going to improve and the last little point guys if you need help reach out if you need a group to train with hit us up or find one in your area like don't do this stuff by yourself because it's boring <laughs> And the results are always significantly less. Right? You, you, you're better or you're going to go much, much, much further and have much more fun in a team than if you're trying to work all this shit out by yourself. All right. So anyway, that's all I've got for you today. Hope that helps out in some way. I hope I've got some, uh, some, uh, some of you guys a little bit stronger. And what we can do from here moving on, guys, if you get stronger from this, please let me know. Please, if you can screenshot the podcast and post it on your Instagram and stuff like that to help the podcast spread, that would be much appreciated. Share it up with people that need to, need to hear it. And, uh, and I'll talk to you all shortly. Again, strengthcoachsecrets.com is the site. Check it out. Have a look. Have a read. See what you think. And let me know. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.